welcome to another episode of Food, Football, and Everything Else Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Peters. I'll be joined today by Tom Burton, longtime Cleveland, Ohio fan. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit Browns. Um, just a basic overview of the Browns. We'll get into a little bit of the, play, the divisional playoff game against the Chiefs, which they were defeated 22-17. to um, But good news for the Browns today. Coach Stefanski was named Pro Football Writers Association Coach of the Year. Vastly, he deserved that one after what he did to this franchise, turning it around from abysmal twenty some odd years that they've been they've been in this league or they've been back. So um, we cover that. We go back and talk a little Ohio State. He's a big Ohio State fan. We talk the Clemson game the whole year. Justin Fields. We get into a little draft quarterback talk. Um, Talk Ohio State Alabama, but it was a good um, good conversation with Tom. Uh, so let's get this thing started and let's go. All right, I'm welcome back to Food, Football, and Everything Else. Uh, I'm joined by my guest this week, Tom Burton, um, guy I've known a long time. Uh, Big Cleveland fan, big Browns fan. So we're going to cover the big Buckeye fan too. Um, we're going to cover the Browns Chiefs game. Uh, look back a little bit at the Alabama Ohio State game, the Clemson Ohio State game, and then we're going to get into a little draft draftable Buckeyes, if you will, and some questions we have there. So welcome to the show, Tom. Um, Awesome. Let's do it. All right. How you been? Good? Doing good. Yeah, good. doing great. Good. All right. Tom, i tell you what. This has been a great, fantastic season for the Brownies. They just wrapped up uh, with a loss in the divisional playoffs to the Chiefs. Um, first off, what are your thoughts on just the entire season? Oh, I, I mean, it was a breath of fresh air, to be honest. Um, you know, uh, coming into the year, you know – it was like they they had all the hype last year. You know, it was coming into the uh, 2019 season. They were the team with all the hype, and they kind of fell on their face. So there was some tempered expectations this year. But coming into the season, if you looked at the schedule, things kind of set up for them if, you know, they got good quarterback play. And uh, I got to say, it was, uh, it was a very, very enjoyable uh, <laughs> Cleveland Browns season for, you know, the first time in over a decade. It was. It was very. It was nice going into the season without the, you know, the hype and the, you know every other uh, thing on TV was something else. The Browns said about how we were going to go to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. It was basically, uh, you know, and Stefanski set the mantra. It was week by week, and you know, going from not even knowing if we're going to have a season to twelve and what, twelve and five. Just, right. I mean, I mean, what what a turnaround from the last. And three years ago, we were 0-16. I know. I, and I. what's crazy is I I can honestly say I, I wasn't – when they first made the Stefanski hire, I mean, I wasn't super high on it. Just if you go back and, you know, watch, like, the Minnesota offenses, like, last year. I mean, it was obviously run heavy, but, you know, it wasn't – it wasn't – to me, it wasn't a super inspiring hire at the time. And then – you, you kind of started getting the feel in the off season that, you know, there was a, like they actually had an adult in the room now. 
so it was uh, the combination of, you know, Andrew Barry coming back to the organization with uh, then hiring Stefanski. I, I mean, it was a crazy year. Obviously, it was a crazy, you know, year for any coach, but to have a rookie coach, I mean, it obviously, you know, they set a culture that hopefully, you know, they can build on moving forward. Yeah, and after they, they beat up on the Steelers on the wild card game, division playoffs, they go out to Kansas City and, I mean, compete with them, the Super Bowl champions right down to the wire. Um, I mean, what a what a remarkable, remarkable performance. I mean, it was it, it was too bad we didn't win, but, I mean, at that point we were playing with house money. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I was talking about this uh, just the other day. Uh, it's like being a Cleveland Browns fan, you know, I, I honestly, I, I was more stressed out during the Steelers game than I was the Chiefs game because, it, like you said, uh, you know, we were playing with house money in the Chiefs game. And I there's just so much scar tissue built up over the last 20 years that it's like we jump up 28 to nothing on the Steelers. You're like, oh, my God, this is great. And then literally minutes, like, as the game was going on, like, with each minute, it was, like, even more stressful because they started moving the ball. You know, we weren't being as aggressive on defense. It's just, like, I mean, they're throwing the ball all over the yard. And it's, like, you know, finally it gets down. Once once uh, Roethlisberger threw his fourth, in for, fourth in interception, you could actually kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Then, uh, you know, into this, the Kansas City game, you know, as close as the, you know, as it ended up being towards the end, you know, I, I mean, we could get into it a little bit, but that first half, I mean, it, it just, it really didn't feel that close. You know, I, Kansas City was doing whatever they wanted. And, you know, obviously it, you know, there was a couple twists and turns throughout the game, but I mean, it ended up being, uh, I mean, it ended up being a heart stopper towards the end. Yeah, that first half, uh, the Browns had three possessions the first half. You don't see that in the NFL. Right, right. It's insane. Yeah, and um, like you said, it felt like the, it felt at halftime a lot bigger margin than it really was. And because the Chiefs, we couldn't really stop the Chiefs. I mean, they were, doing, you know, like you said, doing what they want. And the fumble by Higgins at the goal line, I mean, we punch that one in. It's a different, it's a different feel at halftime, I believe. But, uh, yeah, the the second half coming back the second half and I mean Mahomes going out really it helped a little bit but I mean they just, the Browns came back and they never quit. I mean you never saw the quit in the Browns this year. No, no, absolutely. I, well, what's crazy about that game is, and I I've kind of been a little frustrated by you know the, from the Browns fans' perspective during that game because uh, I've heard like the the helmet to helmet controversy. You know if that if that flips, you know, that that may have, you know, been a, a difference in the game. Well, it, I mean, it certainly would have, you know, going, getting that touchdown before halftime. But, I mean, we didn't get that break. But, I mean, Mahomes going out in the middle of the third quarter is the ultimate break. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like you couldn't have asked for, you know, a bigger thing to go your way in a game. Thankfully, it doesn't seem like he's, he's too injured. I would expect him back this week. But, you know, it's like the fact that that, you got that to go your way and you still couldn't pull it out in the end. Uh, you know, it, it was disappointing you know, more than anything else. It's like after the game kind of rallied and recovered, but it was, you know, man, for that to, for to be going up against Chad Henney in the fourth quarter of a playoff game and not being able to, 
seal the deal. I, I think that was the most disappointing aspect for me. And that was the second time this year because when McSorley was in for Lamar Jackson, yes, yes, they had a, they had a third and plus ten, um, and they, he ends up hitting a pass for thirteen or fourteen yards for first down, which kept the drive going, and then eventually Lamar came back. But then, um, then this game was third and thirteen, and Chad Henney scrambles for twelve and a half yards, yeah. and then they end up getting in on fourth down with a gutsy call by Andy Reid. What, but, um, what did you think about Stefanski's decision to punt and the one possession that they did have down uh, five points? What did you um, think of that decision right there? You know, with Mahomes out, I liked it. Okay. If I, I think if Mahomes is in, they, they go for it because it's, it's a different feel, I, I believe. Uh, for, you know what I mean? The Chiefs offense is different, obviously, with Mahomes rather than oh, of course. Chad Henney. You got to feel like your defense can get that one stop you need. Yeah, I just eh. – I mean, you saw it with Andy Reid at the end of the game. Like, Andy, you know, makes the fourth fourth down, you know, pass, you know, and, like, on their own side of the field. It's like, you know, playing to win and, you know, super aggressive. I, I, I mean, it's not even hindsight 2020 for me. I mean, I, I was screaming and yelling at the TV, like, well, why are we punting here? Um, you know, I just – I was worried that we wouldn't get the ball back, and sure enough, that's what happened. I just – I uh, – I would have liked to see Stefanski go for it there. Cause even, even if you don't get it, I, I think we were on our own 30, 30 something. It's, you still have the opportunity to stop them, hold them to a field goal. It's a one possession game. They kick it field goal. They go up eight. So it was, you have to score a touchdown either way. So if you're down five, you get, you know, you stop them. You got to come down and score a touchdown to win the game. You know, even if you, you got to hold them, you go for it, you know, and, they stop you. You still got to hold them, but then they kick a field goal. You're down eight. You're still it's still one possession game. I, I, I mean, I, I've loved what Kevin Stefanski did this year. I just, I wish he would have been a little bit more aggressive there on that possession. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Absolutely. Think, you know, if they get the, they get that stop on. You know, they stop Chad Henning on third and thirteen. And they get the ball back. Sure. You know, who knows? But um, no, I mean, there's. I know there's a lot of people that are with you on that that would like to see him go for it. I also it was like third and nine too. So right, I don't know right. It wasn't. It wasn't distance. short. Yeah, it yeah. certainly. If it's fourth and three, it's probably you know they're they're going. I, I just you know obviously you know Henny being in there, he thought they'd be able to get the ball back, and uh, unfortunately, my man broke contain and got you know twelve yeah. and a half yards. So, yeah. Um, another guy, another coach seems to be on the the fans' hot seat is Joe Wood. I'm in the camp, just. All transparency. I'm in the camp that Joe Woods has done a fantastic job with the ingredients that he's been given out there. I mean, he's missed Miles and Denzel by far and away the two best players in that defense, and both missed multiple games. Um, and some of the guys they're playing with the back seven are just horrendous. <laughs> but I know, I know Joe Wood has got a lot of flack this week uh, for lack of aggressiveness. Another, another one. I just want to know your thoughts on that. Where? Um. I'm not. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think anything happened throughout this year to where we would want to be making a coordinator change. Um, you know, I'm not. You know, misfired the DC. I, you know, de- they definitely. You know, we're playing with some spare parts. You know, injuries, COVID. You know, uh, I mean, you're missing two of your preseason starters, Grant Delpit and Greedy Williams, who they're relying on in the secondary that never played a snap for you this year. Uh, you know, linebackers, you know, I, I think, 
you know, they kind of band-aided and pieced it together with, you know, some lower draft picks and, you know, free agents on one-year deals that, you know, our our defensive line is, you know, the strength of our defense. But, you know, I, I think Joe Joe Woods was fine. Like, I, I wasn't – it's not like there's teams are uh, making calls to interviewing him for head coaching positions. So it's it's not like he's – like looks like he's highly sought after. But, you know, with where they got to, I, I think a, a second year and, you know, hopefully they can, uh, you know, get a little bit more athletic and on that uh, second level. And uh, I think the defense will look better. I don't think it's so much scheme as in – you know, some of the, you know, you need to upgrade in some areas. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, I don't know how many, how many uh, teams Anderson Sandejo starts at safety <laughs> 15 games. Right. Um, you know, you're missing arguably your best guy in the secondary after, after Ward was uh, Ronnie Harrison. He Absolutely. Traded, he traded for it in mid season. Yep. Um, so yeah, you're, you missed, you missed 40% of your, your secondary between Greedy and Delpit. Um, didn't even play a snap this year, so yeah. I mean, he I saw he was catching a lot of flack because people wanted to blitz more and do this or that. But you know as well as I do, you start blitzing, you gotta leave a guy on an island, and I'm not sure who you want to leave on an island outside of Ward. Oh, and well, and even in that game, uh, I mean, the Kansas City game, you're you're blitzing like crazy. Uh, you know, they're they were trying to you know keep you know, keep uh, Hill and Kelsey in front of them. Those guys start running behind you. I mean, it's, it could get, get out of quick, hand quick. So uh, I, sure. you know, I, I didn't think the defensive scheme was too bad. I just think you're, you're, la- you're lacking the athletes to be able to, you know, go up with a team with that kind of speed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, you're in, you're in the, um, you're in the group that you're just, we're taking the best defensive player on the board, right? Um, I, I would say, uh, best back seven, uh, player, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think Ogan Joby and Vernon are both free agents on the defensive line. Uh, but so it's, you may have to do some work there and free agency, but, uh, you know, linebacker safety corner. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm taking, you know, best, best available there and, uh, we'll see what happens. Cause we have a Super Bowl offense. In my opinion, um, I, I I think uh, it's interesting you put it that way because I, I I think the combination of you know Stefanski with with the players that we have you know I I I, I agree with you I I think you're capable of making a run there I, I didn't necessarily feel that way coming into the season um but seeing the how the offense progressed throughout the course of the year and how how much Baker Mayfield got better in the run game i mean you have two just workhorses back there the best offensive line in football you know good skill on the outside great tight ends i i mean all the talent is there but i mean it comes down to the quarterback and i mean the way that mayfield progressed in year 3 after the year 2 debacle you know, I, you know, it's, it, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, you know, Super Bowl offense, because it's going to come down to the quarterback. But, you know, the way he was playing at the end of the year, you know, I, I can't be ruled out, especially if they make a leap in year four. Yeah. I mean, he'll have first time in his career, he'll have the same offensive coordinator. Uh, I know. Isn't that crazy? Out. Yeah. I mean, last year, I mean, just looking, comparing last year and this year, and it's, you know, I don't, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but, 
it's almost like he just didn't get coached last year. Right. Yeah, I mean, he was doing stuff like, I mean, I thought like last year, like drives, they were good. You know, yeah. they would score. But then after that, it was like, it was almost like a grab bag. Whereas this year, it felt like they had a plan, even when Stefanski wasn't there and Van Pelt called the offense. You know, right. Hey, ha- by the way, how about that story about uh, Stefanski when he was like 45 seconds behind in the Steeler game? That's, <laughs> right. That's right. Um, right. But uh, no, and, um, you know, that going to that point of Baker, um, I read an article today by Zach Jackson, the athletic, you know, if the Texans call, do you answer it? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> my response to that's a tough question. Um, what's crazy, I, I think Watson's actually younger than Baker. Yes. Um, it, I think you answer the call. However, you answer it, and it's one of those things where if – that could not be a situation where, you know, it leaked and there's like a public negotiation type deal. You know, I, I would answer the call, but I tell you what, it would have to be, it'd have to be the perfect deal. Cause I, I mean, 20 years of misery at that position to finally feel like you're making progress, you're making strides with the quarterback and coach combination. I mean, there's no denying the talent of Deshaun Watson. And I, I feel he is a better quarterback, you know, in a vacuum than Baker Mayfield. But, man, uh, and, and especially given that, I mean, Mayfield's, you know, contract extensions kind of sitting out there. Um, and he's going to get expensive here in a couple years. But uh, I would just hate. you. What you can't do is ruin what you have going on now. So where it gets in one of those public negotiations where, you know, Cleveland's ask, you know, Houston's asking for Baker and two first Cleveland's, you know, uncertain about, you know, giving up draft capital. Like if that stuff came out, you just issue a public denial. Baker's our quarterback and you press forward. So uh, the only way I would even engage in that conversation would be, you know, behind closed doors. The second like reports of that started getting out sources saying I go straight public Baker's our quarterback. We're not, you know, we're not dealing them just to the risk is you, you don't want to mess up with what you have, but it's a, it's a, it's a heck of a question. What do you think? Um, I was, you know, I, I'm with you. I think you got to take the call because I think Deshaun Watson makes them a legitimate Super Bowl contender tomorrow with that, with the oh, rest absolutely. of the offense. Now that being said, it all depends on what Houston wants back. You know, they're, I'm sure they're going to want some, some, a couple of young players and, um, some drafts, draft capital, like you said. So, um, yeah, but I, I, just, I just, I don't know. Like I was, I, I thought about it earlier and I was like, well, hundred percent you do it. Then I was like, well, you know, Baker is obviously you just listen to the locker room this year. And Baker is like, he's the leader of that team. He's got that team. Right yes, now. he is. Like they, they'll Absolutely. follow him. And so it's, it's, you don't want to, and you don't want to, you don't want to screw that up. And, I see, but it wasn't until the Tennessee game, like, it's like, that's when they, you know, flipped the switch because you even go back and think about it. Uh, you know, I've heard the talking heads point to, you know, Baker started playing better, you know, once, you know, Odell got hurt, but he, he did. However, I mean, 
if you even go back and think of to the Jacksonville game, Baker Mayfield did not play well in the Jackson Jacksonville game. It was like he was missing guys. He had oh, wide yeah. open, you know, players. Like he didn't play well in that game. It wasn't until the Tennessee game where they kind of where they took off and basically kind of rode that all the way, you know, through Kansas City. And I actually, I thought, I thought Baker's stats weren't great in the Kansas City game, but I, I thought he played well. He's, ever since that, uh, you know, ever since the Tennessee game. But to think that wasn't that long ago that you're still, I mean, I was having conversations with friends like, do we even pick up his fifth year option? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, are we sure he's the guy? And now, after the run he's on, the conversation is, you know. What type of extension are we giving him? He's going to be a hundred million dollar quarterback. Yes. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. But I, that's that's what you pay for a quarterback once they get off the rookie. Yep. Oh yeah, he's going to be expensive. Um, here's a well, you know, you you point back to those games and like he played bad against Pittsburgh. He didn't play well against uh, Jacksonville, like you pointed out. But I'm going to tell you what one guy that you know was playing great and then he got hurt. And when he missed games, our offense struggled, and that was Wyatt Teller. And, that, yep. and, and Chubb Absolutely. missed games too. But, I mean, Wyatt Teller was just – he was mauling people, you know, early yes. in the year. And that's when we were running the ball. We scored 50 down at Dallas. And, um, yep. you know, once once he went down, it's like, whole, you know, you know, then you're struggling. And the same with, like, the Jets game. Um, you know, the Jets game, we lose Chris Hubbard early. Well, that's our backup – backup tackle who was already playing because the guy was out and now we're down to Kendall Lamb and some other guy I've never heard of. Uh, yeah, I can't. That Jets game, I, I can't hold against anybody. No. I don't hold it against Stefanski. I don't hold it against Baker. I, I mean, that just to say, I mean, if they would have won that game, it would have been unprecedented. Yeah. I mean, you practice, you put in a game plan all week, you know, you scheme even against the one-win Jets and then literally what, like a, a day a day before you're set to play like a day and a half you're set to play a team you have to scrap it throw it all out and you don't have any wide receivers on your active roster yeah. uh, i mean uh, your personnel groupings you know you're just your ski everything you just throw it up but I, I while it was unfortunate and disappointing that losing that game i i can't hold that game against it no no I, I mean they were in a bad situation but i mean just because their their offensive line that you know as good as it was you know, at some points they were down. Well, who's that guy they played in what the Pittsburgh game? That Blake. Yeah. Nobody even knew he was on the team. You know, right. like. They, but that just goes to show you the job that Bill Callahan does with the offensive line. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. And then, then Blake Hans was playing left tackle against the Chiefs yeah. because uh, Wills got hurt on the first drive. Is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that, that guy's. Um, yeah, guys, that guy's good at what he does. At Bill Callahan, but um, so now switching gears. Tom to uh, another one of your favorites, Buckeye football. I'll tell you what, yeah. um, you got to give it to the Buckeyes this year. They made the Big Ten play. Um, you know yes. they got four or five, six games, and they got into the playoff. And I mean, they the game they played against Clemson is one of the. I mean, I never watching because I saw Clemson twice this year, and yes, just the way they beat them was un unbelievable. Yep. Well, unfortunately, it was like that was that was our Super Bowl. You know, that was our national championship. The the twenty nine to twenty three was in the the weight room, the locker room all season long from last year. And that the way that game ended, you know, last season 
was the motivating factor for the team of wanting to get back out there. You know, the Buckeyes felt like they were the better team last year as well. I would concur with that. And then to basically that's the game you've had circled on the calendar all year and to finally get that opportunity and the way they celebrated afterwards. And it was like, okay, you know, it was an impressive win. I mean, they dominated them. They were clearly the better team, but, you know, old Nick Saban was waiting for him a week later. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's what was, uh, you know, it was disappointing. So, but I mean, the Clemson win was as, uh, as thrilling of a victory, you know, since the national title run back with, uh, Cardale and Zeke. Yeah. Um, I was watching the game. Um, and I was watching and what, what happened? Oh, they were up, whatever. They were up 35, 14 and a half. And yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, Let's see what happens. When they come out and they score, or they hold a high state after halftime, then they go down and score to make it 35 21. I'm like, all right, this, this might yep. be a game. But then the next day, I know Fields is hitting Alave for a 56 yard touchdown. I'm like, all right, we're out of this game. So. <laughs> well, I mean, what was so crazy was, I mean, I didn't, I thought like we, Justin Fields had a ruptured organ or broken ribs, or, you know, I mean, that hit he took in the second quarter was brutal. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, my God, you know, we we don't have anything proven behind him. So it, you're you know, I, I was fearful, you know, and then to see him, he came right back out. The, he had that little touchdown pass and a little comeback to Olave in the corner. Mm-hmm. And then second half, whatever uh, mystery juice they gave him, you know, he was good. to Yeah. Go. Yeah. I'd say well, that's that's a, that's got it's a good get for you guys. Um, Olave coming back for a senior year. Surprising. Surprising. I, I I didn't expect him to come back, especially um, I, I think what that could actually lead to is potentially one of their – they've already had one four-star receiver from last year transfer out just in a numbers game. I think they could lose another one or two, you know, because those are – you know, that's a, a, one of the greatest receivers in Ohio State history coming back, you know. And um, it, it, if one thing I, – I saw somebody make this point that it's – it shows that, you know, the receiving core and Chris Olave, they have confidence in what's behind fields right now. Um, Cause while Ohio, Ohio state fans haven't necessarily seen CJ Stroud, um, you know, who I would expect to probably be the leader in the clubhouse coming in the next year, you know, Chris Olave wouldn't be coming back to Columbus if he didn't have confidence in what was behind fields. Yeah. Know? I saw, I saw a mock um, or a projected depth chart today. And Stroud, Stroud was the leader. And then Miller, and then mm-hmm. you, have, you have another five star coming in. This year. Yeah, Kyle McCord. Yeah. So, but yeah, getting him back at you. I mean, he's one of my favorite receivers to watch. It just seems like he's open all the time. He's smooth, yeah. smooth. Yeah, he's, and I saw him rejected in a mock in the first round, which is surprising. Um, it's surprising that he would come back if you're rejected first round. Well, I guess I, I'm I'm not saying sitting here saying that he's going to come back and win the Heisman Trophy, but that's the same thing uh, Devontae Smith did last year. His quarterback was leaving. Uh, Tua was leaving. He he had confidence in Mac Jones coming back. He would have been a first-round pick last year. Uh, and then uh, he comes back. He improves his stock. Is the best player in college football, wins the Heisman Trophy. So it's not that it's unprecedented by any means. I mean, Devontae Smith did the same thing last year, yeah. so. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they're they're able to build off it, and uh, one of these uh, kids coming in is ready. They're ready to roll. Hey, is that the is that the greatest? Is a nineteen Alabama receiving core the greatest receiving core of all time? 
Oh my goodness, Judy. Uh, I mean, R- yeah. Rugs, Judy, Waddle, uh, Smith. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, those four guys. How they they lose the game? Um, but uh, but then yeah. So then you, you guys, your your award for winning the Clemson game is going to play Alabama the next week. Which <laughs> I mean, I mean that guy, that, that team, Devontae Smith. I mean, holy smokes, that team. That team's one of the best I've ever seen. You know, there was going into the game. I, I felt like Ohio State had a chance to win. You know, I, I felt like, uh, unlike Notre Dame, you know, I felt like we Ohio State wasn't going to get out athleted. You know, as uh, we have the athletes on the outside, on the defensive side of the ball, and on the offense to be able to score on them, I felt like we had the offense to be able to uh, the athletes to be able to compete with them. There was two things going into the game that I, I was saying that we needed to do to be able to win the game. Uh, the first was to be able to run the football. The second was to make Mac Jones uncomfortable. Um, neither of those things happened. Uh, you know, Trey Sermon gets hurt on the very first play of the game, and uh, you know two of our starting defensive linemen don't make the trip because of COVID contact tracing. Um, I'm not sure uh, either way if Trey Sermon plays the entire game, if uh, Tyreek Smith and Tommy Togiai, if they both play the whole game. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure it's, it's competitive, but you know, I thought like those were the things that they had to do and it just, it just didn't happen. No, I mean that those guys they have on that team that, I mean, I mean, with, and with Sarkeesian, calling the plays like those were almost like video game plays like the The scheme was incredible Uh, i mean it was uh you know sark was playing chess and carrie coombs was playing checkers you know i I just i i I really don't understand um go playing alabama and running having uh, a a base defense of a 4-4 and playing you know, rushing four down line, keeping four down linemen on the field, and also playing four linebackers because that's what he stayed. That's what we stayed in for the most of the game. Um, I, I the only the only way that I I mean, okay, you, you want to stop Najee Harris, but um, uh, Devontae Smith is still running. Yes, so, I mean, my my man could have been out there with uh with with the broken thumb or whatever he had, and I mean, he was the he was just open, like he he was open. It wasn't. I didn't feel like the defense was necessarily put in position to, uh, you know, to be able to combat what Sark was doing offensively. I, I'm not sure if it would have mattered, you know. I mean, again, they're they're a loaded, great team, great talent, but it just it seemed like the, like guys were. It wasn't outside of a couple plays, like guys were just open. It wasn't necessarily you know defensive players getting burned left and right. Poor tough Borland still running in the middle. I thought of the that, field. Was very, uh, but, that was a very that was a very. It was like a defensive trick play. You're going to try to cover Devontae Smith with Tough Borland. That was something. T- tough Borland, I, I mean, I would, he might run a 4-8-40, and that might be generous. <laughs> I mean, my, my man had a – I think he, he had like an Achilles injury his, his freshman year. You know, he's one-way straight line, and it, it's, it wasn't good. I actually felt bad for him there because that's not on the athlete. That's not on the kid. That's on the team. I thought the one thing, the one thing that Notre Dame did against Alabama, which I mean, held Devontae Smith down to what they were he can be held to. I mean, I think he saw 131 yards and a couple of touchdowns. But they took their best safety and just started playing him man, like basically boxing one. They started playing him man 
and we're going to make Michi and the other guys beat them, which I was surprised that um, Ohio. I, it, was, it felt like Ohio State after they found out Wade couldn't cover him man to man. It was they had no answer for that. Well, I mean, the Sean Wade discussion is a, an entirely different conversation because that wasn't new. Sean Wade got beat all year long, whether it was Freifogel, Indiana, uh, Penn State scored, had a couple big plays on him. Um, Sean Wade was a you know a, a potential first round pick coming into this season as a as a slot corner, and I. It's been a while uh, since Ohio State had a corner that got uh, as consistently beaten as Sean Wade this year playing on the outside. Uh, it was one of the most, probably the biggest surprise, uh, you know, of the entire season over the length of the season was just that they didn't get anything out of Sean Wade. He was he was their weak link, and he's the first. Which I mean, this is on a tangent, but the fact that he was voted and named first team All American <laughs> is just a complete. You could just throw that out because that's just name recognition only. Because uh, he he had a poor season. I, I'd be surprised if he. I mean, he might not even get drafted in the first two days. You know, he might he might fall out around two and three next year uh, in the draft. Well, that's we'll what see. I saw him mocked. I saw him mocked and won at around four. I mean, he. That's another. Like you said, so that's the whole discussion itself. Like. How much money did he cost himself by coming back? I mean, he he came back as one of the leaders of the team. You know, he was the guy that, you know, got booted last year for the targeting on Trevor Lawrence, you know, and he was going to come back as the leader of the defense. You know, Ohio State has produced, you know, first-round cornerbacks left and right going, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, Gary Conley, Damon Arnett, uh, Denzel Ward, uh, Jeff Okuda. I mean, those are all, you know, first round high first round oh yeah i mean just the amount of talent and you're like okay sean wade's next you know he's gonna move outside with two first round corners being drafted last year and he's and it's gonna the the tradition is gonna continue the bia is what they call them best in america and my my man uh my man lost some uh Lost some green, that's for sure. It was unfortunate. Well, speaking of the draft, I got some draft quarterback comparisons. Um, I want you to give me your opinion. Um, we're going to sure. go to the top top guys. Um, so who do you take number one? Do you take Fields, Lawrence, Wilson, or Wilson? Well, you're talking to an Ohio State guy right now. Um, with with an uh, Ohio State guy with the first pick. Uh, you take Trevor Lawrence. All right. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is one of the best uh, prospects I've I've seen in my adult life. He's he's incredible. Trevor Lawrence is. What's your comparison, there. Andrew Luck? Um, yeah, I mean that's I mean that's as you know when Luck was in college. I mean when he came back for his I I think when he came back the extra year he played one extra year in college. I think he was a. He could have come out as a redshirt sophomore, if I remember correctly, and he came back that you know that extra year. I mean, I mean, he was he was unbelievable, yeah, because he he was mobile too, which Lawrence is, you know, put the ball. I actually think you know Lawrence might actually have a better arm uh, than Andrew Luck, but I mean they're both incredible athletes. You know, I uh, he's a slam dunk no brainer number one. Player. Real quick, um, how do yeah. you think Urban does at Jacksonville? I don't know. 
I, I think he is a great leader. Um, I think, you know, he is a culture guy. Um, and, but I also know that, you know, losing, losing takes a toll on him as we've seen, you know, through his years at Ohio state and Florida, um, they're not going to be great right away. I mean, they'll be better. Uh, they'll absolutely be better, especially when you add Trevor Lawrence. Um, but I think Urban's biggest fault at Ohio State was he was loyal. Uh, he was too loyal, you know, whether it was some of his assistant coaches that he kept around a little bit too long. I'm not going to go. <laughs> you know where I'm going mm-hmm. with that one. Um, to someone like JT Barrett, who was a leader, he's a winner, but you have, you know, first round talent sitting on the bench, um, you know, that maybe, maybe you could have snuck in another national championship if you would have pulled a Nick Saban and when he benched Jalen Hurts for two in the national championship, you know, Urban wrote it out. You know, he's a, he's a loyal guy. Um, and I, I honestly think that, you know, he, the Ohio state's in the position they are right now because of Urban Meyer, but, um, you know, he's got to surround himself with, uh, you know, with, uh, good coaches and thinkers and, you know, it's going to be, you got to build it. So I, I'm not so sh- sure. Like year one, I don't expect them to go one and fifteen to nine and seven. It c- could happen, um, but I mean, if as long as he's healthy and able to, you know, build, you know, a few years down the road, I, I think that they'll be able to contend and compete for that division. But because um, yeah, he- he's just he's a winner, he's a leader. But um, you know, he's got to get it right. You know, they got to get it right. They got to give him time, and he's got to be. He's got, I didn't realize this until I heard it the other day. He has. Well, number one overall, he has five picks in the top 65, 11 picks overall, and $70 million in cap space. Yeah. I mean, he's set, yeah. up to, he's set up to be successful, so. Well, he doesn't take the job if he doesn't have all that yeah. sitting there. You know, you're not, you're not going to Jacksonville with, with a bare no. cupboard. No, yeah. <laughs> so, I, mean, I mean, that's that's what makes that job enticing is knowing you got the you know, the court, the best quarterback prospect of the last decade coming in and basically all the tools that, you know, all the tools you need to be able to build something from yeah. scratch. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I think he's set up. I think he's going to be like, I think you're right. You're right about that. He's going to be, you know, they're going to be competitive next year. And then the following year, they're probably going to be maybe a wild card team, you know, competing for that wild card and in year three, I feel like they're going to probably compete for the division maybe. So, but going back yep. to the draft quarterbacks, and this was posed by one of our friends on Facebook, and it's an interesting question. If you're drafting in the in the um, um, NFL, Mac Jones or Justin Fields? Justin Fields, no question. I thought so too, just because he has more, he has a higher ceiling. Justin Fields, better athlete. Uh, you know all the physical tools. You know everything everything you want in a modern day NFL quarterback. Uh, you know, great arm. I, I think people, you know, undervalue how good of an arm he has. You just go back and watch that. Like you said, that touchdown to Chris Olave against Clemson. I mean, that's that ball is in the air for more than 60 yards and it's on a, on a dime, you know, great arm. He has the ability to kind of, to go sideline to sideline. You know, he, he's able to drive, you know, deep outs, you know, from the opposite hash. I mean, great arm. Um, and I think, quite frankly, I think the one of the biggest things, even outside of the you know the production and the all the traits he has, is that dude, like, 
willed Ohio State to play football this year. You know, it's like he's a leader. He was the one. He was the biggest voice in the Big Ten. You know, Ohio State. You know, if if is Ohio State beating on the beating down the door to play this season? If Justin Fields is just going to opt out and not come back, you know, it's like no. He really. I mean, he was loyal to a, a team and a program that he had only been with for one year. You know, he was the leader of that team. He wanted to come back and win a national championship to, you know, break through after the disappointing loss last year. And, I, I mean, I just love the guy. And, you know, I, I've heard the the two criticisms of Justin Fields, which I don't necessarily think are fair, is, well, Ohio State hasn't produced good quarterbacks. Um, you know, Dwayne Haskins was a first-round pick uh, based off of, you know, uh, he was a Heisman finalist. You know, he had all the physical – he had the physical tools, good arm, uh, athletic enough. Uh, my man was just – I mean, <laughs> my man had a rough year. I think you have immaturity issues there with Dwayne Haskins that's leading to him to not be successful right now. And I don't think you will not deal with that with Justin Fields. He's a mature – he's a leader of men. Uh, the second thing is like the progression and the reads, and he has a couple bad games on tape. I just think that this year was such a weird year that, I mean, Justin Fields had 41 passing touchdowns and three interceptions last year. I just think this year with COVID and guys going in and out and, you know, you don't know who's playing on a given week. I just think, you know, they still managed to win both of those games. He struggled this year. I I just think he's going to be an incredible, incredible talent. Um, Mac Jones. I, I mean, he is the ultimate, like, I don't know if you're going to get into these Alabama quarterbacks or system quarterbacks, but I mean, two of them look so great this year. You know, I'm not, uh, I mean, and by all accounts, everybody, you know, all your NFL draft nets, uh, I think they had a higher ceiling on Tua coming in and I know he's coming off an injury. Um, but man, I just, uh, I'm, I'm not as, I, I don't think he's as good of an athlete, obviously. Um, you know, I'm not sure how great of an army has. And when you're surrounded by, you know, first round picks, Jalen Waddle, Devonte, uh, Devonte Smith, Najee Harris, I mean, it makes your job easy. And then when you have a wizard, like start calling plays, I, I think, you know, he has a chance to be okay. I mean, he might be a good, good player, but I mean, give me Justin Fields every day of the week. Mac Jones ceiling, Matt Ryan. Ooh, I don't hide ceiling Matt Ryan. Uh, sure. Ceiling. That's best case. I, I'm not, I'm not sure he'll ever be, he'll ever be Matt Ryan, but uh, I mean, I, I guess if everything, if everything went right, um, maybe I, I don't, I don't think he's, I don't, I don't see him coming in and being a, like a 15 year NFL starter. I, I just, I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. It's, I mean, I feel like he's a very much a it all it's all gonna depend on where he gets drafted. Um Sure. You know, is it I think that's the case with all NFL quarterbacks, but so there's some guys you'll change for, but like Mac Jones, if he goes to uh, a team like Atlanta, you know, can learn for a year or so and then be able to sit back in the pocket and throw the ball to some some stud wide outs, I think he he'd be all right. But that's that's where I hope Justin Fields ends Atlanta. up is in Atlanta. I mean, he's from there. He's from Georgia. Yeah. You know, he he can go in there and you know he could 
sit for a year or work with Matt Ryan, you know, and I, I just think he'd be indoors, you know, that team, great talent surrounded. I, I want Justin Fields to be successful. I, I think he, he meant a lot to the Ohio state program. And I think if he went to Atlanta, I, I, I just don't want him to go somewhere and just be on a bottom feeder or and Jets. you know, get it. Yeah. I, I, I ho- I would like to see him end up in Atlanta. I think that would be his best case scenario. Good, good, good. All right. Well, Tom, that's, that's about it. Um, covered a bunch of, um, bunch of stuff here today. The Brownies, the Buckeyes. Um, I know you're a big Indians fan. I could get one, one, I could get one comment on Francisco going to the Mets. Can my comment be no comment? It can be no comment. <laughs> I, I it's too soon. It's too soon. I uh, I'm not I'm not ready to discuss my feelings about the the Dolans and uh, yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not ready for that. It's, Maybe next. It's time. too too. Uh, yeah, the wound is too fresh. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm not ready. All right, all right, Tom. Good talking to you. Um, covered a lot of stuff. Good insight here. Um, hope to get you on again soon. But uh, good talking to you, pal. All right, Chuck. Appreciate yeah, we'll it, bro. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks to Tom Burton for joining us. Um, great insight on the Browns. He's been a lifelong Browns fan, lifelong Buckeyes fan. It's good to get a real fan's insight on the on the team. Uh, like I said, congratulations, Coach Stefanski, for winning Coach of the Year this year. Uh, looking for big things from the Browns next year, staying on top, staying consistent. Um, now we get into I'm, – I'm telling you right now, we're going to have some food stuff on here a little bit later. Um, but we're going to get some guys on here that we're going to talk a lot of food. Now that we're in the offseason of football, we have a couple games. We have the championship games this weekend, Super Bowl the next couple after that. Um, then we're going to get into a lot of food talk. Uh, from here on out. So, now right now though, we have to talk a little. Matt James, the Bachelor, he is rocking it out. Um, a record number of women this year. Uh, he is, I mean, just there's some people on there's some people on this show now. Um, Matt James is doing his best. Uh, there's one girl that I mean, it's pretty obvious the ABC producers are keeping around because she's a drama queen. She calls herself the queen. Victoria, uh, I mean, I don't know. She's 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 nuts. Um, she is. I mean, she's. I mean, I don't know what to say about her. She is just. She's worth watch. She's worth the hour, two hours to watch. Um, there's the the leader in the clubhouse was Sarah. Um, she had some things going on at home. Uh, her dad was sick, so she left last week. Um, I'm not sure who the leader is right now. Uh, there's a bunch of people. Uh, that are hanging on, but um, you know they're in Nemecolon, Pennsylvania. Thanks, Nemecolon. It's driving up the price. So my wife, who loves it there, will probably. I mean, she'll get to go again, but it's going to cost me an arm and a leg. Thanks, Bachelor. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, it's just it's back. It's back. Tasha Adams saved the Bachelor franchise, and now the Bachelor's back, and we love talking about it. Um, I mean, there's just so much, so much to unpack here. Uh, there's a girl from Hudson, Ohio. She's the favorite. She's my she's my favorite to win it. Um, don't know if she does or not, but uh, the Bachelor it's back. So Chris Harrison's back. Uh, he what did he do last week? He rode around in a four wheeler. 
Uh, he rode don or rode horses. I mean, he's he's had some pretty good pretty good dates. He's gone on. Um, this the the bachelors made it made what they can out of this quarantine and COVID situation with picking a couple of pretty good resorts to go to where there's a lot of stuff to do. So uh, kudos to Matt James. Keep it rolling for the next few weeks. Uh, man, what a good looking guy. Like he's six four, six five, big tall guy. Um, I mean, some of these girls are like five five. He's like a foot taller than them. So. Um, no, good for him. He's doing a heck of a job so far. It's a difficult situation, difficult process, but he's maneuvering through. Um, so kudos to Matt James, you know, Chris Harrison, keep doing what you're doing. And that that's your bachelor roundup. So uh, once again, thanks, Tom Burton, for coming on the show. Um, you know, we'll be back next week. We'll get you another guest for next week. Uh, we, you know, we had to run it. We had run-ins this week with some people and we got some people lined up for the weeks to come, but, uh, you know, we're winding the football season down championship games, uh, Kansas city, Buffalo should be a great game. Packers and bucks. Another great game up in uh, green Bay. I think you're going to see a super bowl of Kansas city and the Packers. Um, Holmes will be back. They'll just they'll have too much for Buffalo, I feel like. And I don't think Tom Brady's 44-year-old quarterback will be able to go up to Green Bay and function. So I look for Green Bay to win that game handily. But um, so then we have the Super Bowl after that. I mean, football, I mean, it's amazing to think that four months ago, five months ago, in August, we had no idea if we were going to have a season. Here we've had a college football season for the most part. We've had an NFL season, for the most part. Um, I mean, it's just been unbelievable what they've been able to do, what people can do when they put their minds to it. Um, I mean, it's it's great. So, thanks for listening, and go Brownies. Um, but, you know, I guess the Cavs are off to a good start. I don't watch much of the Cavs, but I think they're off to a good start to get some good young players that are playing pretty well. Um, you know, so the NBA's playing. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just good good time to be alive. It looks like things are turning around, um, so looks like it's a good time. So here we go. Um, that's all for this week, and I will see you next week. Keep it going, keep it moving, and cheers. <laughs>